Welcome back to His and Hers Movie Podcast. This is episode number 27, featuring a review of a summer-themed horror film titled Aqua Trash, or also known as Aqua Slash, uh, from the year 2020. I am one half of your podcasting duo, podcasting on this July 20th, 2020, out of the state of Pennsylvania. Uh, Brownsville to be more specific or label I guess southwestern Pennsylvania whatever you guys know the deal joining me tonight is Carly the other half of the podcasting duo podcasting out of her house yes which is located in the Ville. the Ville. yes but anyway how have you been I've been okay. Uh, It's been sort of a long week for me. I I feel like, I think we normally, it's a little over seven days since we recorded probably. Mm -hmm. So that's why it feels a little bit longer. Um, I had a a pretty eventful day earlier in the week. Um, I went and uh, did some hunting for some, some scream factories that I didn't have that were located in Walmart. Um, I found a copy of the Fly box set, which has the three original Fly films plus the remake, the Cronenberg remake, and the sequel to that uh, remake. And I also grabbed a slipcover for Firestarter, which I stole from Walmart. Hey, don't, don't tell everybody that. Yeah, well, I bought Firestarter from Walmart. And it didn't have a slipcover, and I went to another Walmart, and it had a slipcover, and I was like, you know what, I want that. <laughs> and I took it. Um, so, I don't know. I, I debated whether that was stealing or not. Hmm. Because you can't it, buy the slipcover. Yeah, so there's really no way to get it. There's no barcode you... on it. Yeah, because the barcode, yeah, there's like the hole where the barcode is on them, typically. Yeah. But... Yeah, I don't know either. But to be fair, I bought a crappy $5 movie and put the slipcover over it. So I bought a movie that I didn't want because I just wanted to be able to take the slipcover. So. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, I bought Geostorm. Oh. Uh, which is like that movie that did like, I remember it because it did like disastrous numbers at the box office like it was a really expensive movie and it did absolute garbage numbers I don't remember what it was but I remember when we did box office brawl that was one of the more surprising ones yeah yeah well that's cool see I didn't I did not know I didn't realize that fly box that had every fly movie in it really I was yeah I thought it was just the original film so that's actually pretty cool I kind of want that now yeah it was 40 bucks um very nice box set I I felt a little bad for buying it because I do own the via vision box set which has all five films in it too uh, um but this one's so much nicer and uh it it's I don't know it, I it, I like the cover and it was just cooler box set yeah I, I shouldn't have double dipped on it honestly um but i it seeing it in walmart just like made me feel like i needed to buy it because it was like give the it, thrill of the hunt you may give it to me no oh also um i got some shirts uh they had a halloween shirt that i picked up which was pretty cool picked up a boys in the hood shirt a notorious big shirt and um a chucky shirt that i'm probably not gonna wear <laughs> 
Yeah. I mean, when you see them at Walmart, though, it's like you feel like you have to get them all. Uh huh. But and also, huge news this week: um, the Friday the Thirteenth box set was announced from Scream Factory. Mm-hmm. And that was under heavy speculation for the past couple months. Um, people have said, like, you know, uh, uh, like the director of uh, Jason Goes to Hell said that he did a new commentary for the movie and people were speculating, okay, well, that means that somebody's releasing it. And it's doubtful that Paramount or whoever currently owned the rights were going to put that kind of effort in a new release. Usually they just repackage stuff and and put it out so speculation was that it was probably like arrow or scream factory but scream factory had released a couple of paramount titles um over the past year or so so people were speculating that it would be scream factory they announced it and they announced that they were selling 1313 copies with the poster and the lithograph and they like broke their website like so many people were trying to get it that the site was down it took me forever to be able to get a copy um but i did pre-order it and then they announced that they were going to do seven thousand instead <laughs> and those have actually sold out so um pretty crazy you can still get the set at, at other places for actually cheaper um but the fact that scream factory um put out you know the edition with the poster and, and honestly i don't really care for the po- like i don't need the posters uh-huh. um but like i just felt like i needed to splurge on friday the 13th it's my favorite franchise i absolutely love it and i was looking like they've announced some of this features for it so it's all 12 films so the original paramount 8 the three new line cinema films uh and the remake so you know you got everything in there in the three new line cinema films of course are jason goes to hell jason x and freddy versus jason plus two bonus discs of bonus features which have not even all been announced yet i mean there's so much stuff on there there's uh the on the original deluxe editions that came out from paramount in like 2010 the dvds uh they had a on part four they had a commentary with adam green and joe lynch a fan commentary which was a really good commentary and they actually have a commentary on part five and I think six or another two of them that are included in this set. So that's really mm. cool. Um, tons of new bonus features, new commentaries. I was a little bummed out to see that there wasn't really much for some of the later sequels. Like uh, the Friday the 13th remake has like no special features, uh, new features, which like I understand that it's like nobody really cares about it that much, but I still think it would have been cool to hear a little bit on that 10 years later. And, and you could you could have got people involved with that too, since they're not all dead or anything. It's like right. the most recent one, but... And I remember when that original Blu-ray came out for Friday the 13th in the DVD, um, which I picked up when it came out for the 09 film, um, that was like severely lacking with features too. Like There really wasn't any features for it, so it kind of sucks that there's there's also nothing new when it was already pretty pretty skim uh but the the interesting thing that somebody posted today is that the runtime of the entire box set which is like 23 hours or something i don't know um people are speculating that if you add up all the run times it doesn't equal up so for the longest time one of the things that people have been wanting forever 
is some of the sequels, the later sequels, uncut because there was a lot of mm. gore footage cut out of them. And from what I had heard back when they did the, the, the deluxe editions, that that footage had either burned in a fire or was tossed out uh, throughout the years at, at the Paramount vaults. So uh, a lot of speculation was that that footage is just never going to be seen. Um, but people are speculating that there may in fact be uh, uncut versions of like part two and seven that are also going to be included, which if that is the case, this will be like the best box set ever, in my opinion. Um, the, the, one of the nicest box sets ever done was the Halloween box set from Scream Factory, which I do own. Um, I, I, and it's crazy to think of how many, how much has changed since the release of that box set, because that box set was limited to 300 copies from Scream Factory, um, like with the poster and stuff. And I remember it took a while for them to sell out. And now they sold out 7,000 with Friday the 13th. Now, I will say that Friday the 13th is, um, in my opinion, the better franchise. I think I, I want to say that people are probably more interested in it. But I think really what it comes down to is that Scream Factory has grown so much as a company that uh, they're doing crazy numbers like that. Yeah, which is insane. But I'm really hoping that there's some possibility of the of part two and and seven and whatever other ones are uncut because uh, there was a ton of stuff cut out of part seven. Uh, of course, the director John Carl Buechler, R.I.P., um, was an effects artist, and in my opinion, Jason looks the absolute best in terms of like visual effects in part seven. Um, might not be the best Jason or, or, or people's favorite portrayal of Jason, but the pure um, eff- effects work that they put on Jason with the like exposed, you know, rib cage and or spine and the you know jaw and stuff like that is just really cool to look at. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I pre-ordered that. I'm pretty excited about it. Um, I will let you watch mine. I wanted it really bad. And I don't really throw out money on collector's stuff to begin with, let alone this, which is over a hundred doll hairs. But I wanted it so bad, but I told myself I did not need it, because I do have the Paramount set, the Blu-rays, of course, that you gave me a few years ago. Thank you, buddy. And, you know, I have the other ones, of course, on DVD, so I thought, why would I need this? But I felt... It, just to put it on a shelf and be like, I have this would be cool. <laughs> I, I know what you mean, but honestly, you, you don't really need it. Um, you don't even really dig into special features anyway, so you already have the films. Yes. Really not a purpose. I mean, there's some new transfers and stuff, but like I said, you could always just borrow mine if you want to watch them. Yes, and I will. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that was kind of what happened this week. It was pretty exciting. Um, everybody was super jazzed about it and it made me wonder if like they could do the Yelm Street set because if there's one uh, you know popular film series that hasn't really got much love it is the Elm Street set um, they did put out a blu-ray set um, New Line or Paramount or whoever owned it Warner Brothers I think it was Warner Brothers put out a um, little box set of all the films on blu-ray but there really wasn't anything new special features wise and the 
you know the transfers were decent but nothing amazing and uh you think about all the other film series like texas chainsaw like there are some great editions of the first film um of course part two was put out by scream factory hell part four was put out by scream factory with new features and stuff like that uh of course psycho you have two so many editions of the original psycho uh, with lots of features, as well as Psycho 2 and 3 and 4 were put out by Scream Factory. Hell, the remake was put out by Scream Factory. <laughs> um, and the Halloween set, of course. So really, Elm Street is the one that's, you know, even Jason, the Friday the 13th films, have had decent editions. Like, the, the original deluxe editions were very good for their time. Um, there was a lot of new features and stuff put on those editions. So... I think that the Elm Street films are, you know, severely mishandled and, and not shown the proper love to. So I would love to see that. But who knows if that'll ever happen? Yeah, that's kind of weird. I never thought about that. There's literally no special editions of any of the Elm Street films. And yeah. I feel like Freddy is like more known than anything. Like that's who everyone kind of talks about. So that, that is strange. Yeah, um, but you know, I, 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 for a while they're the same. Like, I think it, it's a little problematic because I, I think that originally, like, Paramount owned the eight films, and then mm-hmm. they sold them to Warner Brothers, and Warner Brothers owned New Line. So you had all twelve films under the same umbrella as the Elm Street films. Uh, so. But I think I want to say that the rights reverted back to Paramount. But at the same time, I think that New Line still owned, you know, the the original three, which would have been Warner Brothers uh, or the, uh, the, you know, the New Line three. So uh, if they were able to strike a deal with Warner Brothers and Paramount to put out this set, then you would think they could do it for the Elm Street films, too. Uh, Whenever you talk rights, it always gets really confusing. Um, But also, really exciting, Vestron Video Collector Series is now back, and their two newest films is Shivers from David Cronenberg, as well as uh, Little Monsters, um, which is a pretty... Have you ever seen Little Monsters? No, I have not. It has Fred Savage in it. It's like kind of a kids movie, but it's it's pretty it's pretty fun. I've always liked it when I was a kid. Um, it's about like the, this world of monsters that lives under uh, Fred Savage's bed, um, and I haven't seen it in a long time. But he goes to this world and stuff. Pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, but that film has always people have always wanted that on Blu-ray because it just hadn't hadn't had a. I, I I don't even know if it I think it had an original DVD release which is like heavily out of print but um I th- I think that it was even hard to get on DVD if I'm not mistaken so yeah pretty cool um and of course uh Vestron has like a ton of films in their vault because it's Lionsgate um that have just never been properly uh, released and that's why I was really happy with the Vestron Collector series when it was um, out because they, they were putting out like they put out a great edition of Maximum Overdrive, uh, really good edition of Return of Living Dead Three, um, War, the Warlock films got nice treatment, Waxwork, uh, hell the Gate, um, but the Gate has had good editions before too. Uh, the Wishmaster films all came out from them, so yeah, I, I've I've been a big fan of the 
the titles that they've released. So very excited that they're back as well. Yes, I don't own any of their moves. Yeah, they they were very expensive. Um, mm-hmm. They they were like thirty dollars sometimes. Um, I mostly got them all for twenty or under because they go on sale every once in a while. Um, but the I the most I paid was um, twenty five for maximum overdrive because it was in Walmart. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, what have you done this week? Um, well, uh, you know, this past weekend, of course, you and I went to the drive-in on Friday. Wait, no, sat. Yeah, yes. it was hot as hell in there. It was. It was kind of horrible, honestly. We need to, because we uh, misplaced our chairs, I guess. And um, <laughs> It would have been just as hot outside. I just feel, I don't know, I get very claustrophobic in cars sometimes. Like, my legs are long and I just start, like freaking out sometimes so it was kind of it kind of sucked but you know it was the lost boys and the evil dead so it was a cool double feature at least um well we'll talk about that a little later yes so there was that and then you know we hung out we went to cd warehouse and cash and culture which are two you know of course to use dvd and like retro stores that we have around here uh hadn't been there in a while and I got a few movies at uh, CD Warehouse, um, so that was cool. Um, I always enjoy VHS. Yeah, got Goosebumps. Uh, got two of the Goosebumps VHS tapes, and so now I'm up to three of those, which is pretty nifty. I just enjoy displaying those. Um, got a few things on DVD. I got Absentia, Last Shift, Ringu 2, and oh, uh, the Washingtonians. Another one of the Masters of Horror that I do not own, because somehow I do not own the entire line yet, even though I've been buying them for like 20 years, it seems like. But, uh, so I got those there, and that was fun. And then on Sunday, I hung out with uh, good old Austin, aka Austin uh, Schroyer, um, and he showed me Batman Begins as well as The Dark Knights, because I've never seen those before. I was actually going to give you The Dark Knight for blind spot but i get i went with batman returns instead Mm -hmm. yeah i mean i liked you know i'll talk about them i guess when i do my what what i watched but uh i liked them both they were pretty pretty good movies um you know i don't i really don't mind superhero movies honestly but i'm not a big i just don't like the like avengers when they mix them all together and it's all like i don't know what's going on because i didn't follow any of the other storylines that's where i get like annoyed because well, I'm not a diehard superhero person. Batman will always be my favorite. Like, I, yeah. to me, there's superhero movies and then there's Batman movies. Mm-hmm. Um, I love the Batman movies. Like, I even like Batman and Robin and Batman Forever for what, what they are. <laughs> They're not great, but I do like them. Uh, but The Dark Knight was amazing. Like, to me, I, I think that Joker is really good. Mm hmm. Um, but the Dark Knight for me is probably still my favorite. Uh, but the jo- Joker is really good. But I also like um, the Gotham TV series. I never finished it. I think I made it to like season three or whatever, and I, I really like that as well. I think because Batman is dark, it really makes you like him. Like you know, for a horror fan, a little bit more. Obviously, Joker was very dark. Um, but even. Like, there's been so many great 
jokers like jack nicholson in the original is great and then heath ledger mm-hmm. is amazing mm-hmm. and then um what the hell's his name what walk joaquin, joaquin phoenix. phoenix yeah i couldn't remember if that was him or not um obviously he was fantastic and they're all different performances too which is cool but batman has the best villains that's what's cool about batman is the villains kick major ass like really really cool villains mm-hmm. yeah I lo- which okay the one you batman returns like which one is that that one? is uh tim burton's uh batman well it's it's a sequel to tim burton's batman so the original batman there was another batman movie in the 60s i think um uh-huh. yeah there was with uh adam west mm-hmm. and uh you know it it's like cheesy and goofy it's like more lighthearted. um but then they did the the batman film with jack nicholson as um the joker and um michael uh, keaton michael keaton as batman um in the first batman and then the sequel is batman returns and that one has the penguin um and catwoman okay yeah because i have i have seen the batman with jack nicholson and michael keaton when i was a little kid that's like the only one that i had seen all the way through yeah and then batman forever is the riddler and two-face and then batman and robin is mr freeze and poison ivy i believe unless Mm -hmm. i have them backwards um well yeah i was telling um austin that uh when i was in high school no it was I forget what. Uh, yeah, it was probably like this one of the summer times in high school. My friend uh, Jr. invited me over. It was me, him, and our other friend John, and uh, we were bored. And they were like, "Hey, let's put on Batman and Robin," but they were like, "Let's just put it on mute and do our own commentary over it." And I had never actually seen the movie, so I just sat back and they just muted this movie and did really stupid commentary over the entire movie. So I said like. I technically watched all of that movie, but not with any of the dialogue. That's funny. It looked like a pretty... It didn't look like a good movie to me. Yeah, they kind (laughs) of ruined those two Batmans. They made them way more, like, goofy. Yeah, I could tell, yeah. Um, But I still kind of like them. Um, Jim Carrey actually plays the Riddler in in, uh, Batman Forever, which Mm. is funny. Mm -hmm. Um, He's very Jim (laughs) Carrey-y. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, But, yeah, I, I love the Batman... Um, character as well as some of the villains. Uh, I th- I've actually never seen Batman Begins. Oh, really? Yeah, it's the only one I haven't seen. I've even seen the '60s one uh, once, but the the Batman Begins I've actually never seen that one. That's the Scarecrow one, right? Yes. Yeah. Uh, but the Dark Knight Rises is pretty good too. It's not as good as. Um, the Dark Knight, but it is good. And I believe that actually the Joker was supposed to be part of it. Um, but of course he, he of course Heath Ledger um, passed away, R.I.P. Um, so they kind of nixed his character and it's focused on Bane, who I never really cared for as a villain too much, but he is pretty cool in, in The Dark Knight Rises. And they actually shot uh, some of that in Pittsburgh. Yeah, I was saying, like, uh, which is kind of weird. <laughs> Pittsburgh, it's something like, you know, the New York setting, but... Well, uh, actually, like, Batman is not set in New York. I know, it's not, but it's, like, the town, like, it's supposed to look... 
right. New it's, York, it's damn an, it, basically. It's a, it's a fictional place. Gotham. Yeah, like Gotham, but, but it looks just like Yeah, it reminds me of, of like in New York or something. Yeah, but or I just, Chicago. like, Pitts, we were just saying last night how Pittsburgh's, like, so tiny compared to any of those, but I remember when they it were It is if you look for... from the outside, but when you're inside it, it doesn't look tiny, so it kind of still fits the city landscape. I suppose. But what I was saying was, I recall when they were looking for extras for that film. Because that movie's from, like, Oh, yeah. Like, 90... I, like, everybody and their mother went to try to be an extra. I know. Movie. I remember... I, like, I remember being in school and people were like, Oh, they, like, skipped school to go try to be an extra in the new Batman movie. And it was crazy. Yeah. But Well, you, you gotta figure, too, that at the time when they were making The Dark Knight Rises... I think The Dark Knight was like the biggest movie ever, or something. It was, it was like yeah. you know, it was up there with Avatar or something like, like the highest selling like comic book movie or something like that at the time. Like it did major numbers. I remember when it came out, everybody was going to see it. Um, but mm-hmm. yeah, uh, very, very uh, good movies. I'm sure you'll talk a little bit more about them. Um, I also, I, I forgot that I mentioned, I forgot to mention, but I went and bought wood for a new shelf because I'm just like up to my elbows in movies that are not shelved. Like my collection is an absolute disaster right now. Like I have, it's all out of order. Like I was looking for a movie the other day, um, which I ended up not even owning. I thought I owned it, but I did it. Um, it was trick or treat. Um, the Scream Factory version. I do own the original Blu-ray from Lionsgate or whoever put it out. Yeah. Universal or whatever. But uh, I thought I owned the Trick or Treat Scream Factory, but I didn't. Um, and I was like searching everywhere for it. But the reason I'm searching for it anyway is because my collection's all out of order. Like anything I've got over the past like two years is all over the place. It's not in alphabetical order. It's not in any order. Like. I have a huge section, uh, like I bought a little shelf from Goodwill one day that I have out in the hallway and it, it literally has like a couple hundred probably Blu-rays on it and th- they're like not in any type of order and mm. then I have a, uh, another bunch of Blu-rays and DVDs under um, where I'm recording right now like on the bottom shelf and they're all out of order and I'm just like, what? I'm like, I, this is ridiculous. So I bought... Um, some wood uh, and I'm going to build some shelves in the hallway um, but I, I really got screwed up because I went to buy the wood at um, Lowe's and I asked if they could cut it for me and it took forever because there were so many people there finally they cut it and I told the guy I need um, two six and a half foot um, two by fours and then one five and a half foot and he gave me two six foots and one five and a half foot so they're actually not big enough to do the full shelves mm. um but i can what i decided is i'm going to just screw, say screw it and then at the top on the top i'll just put box sets or something i won't be i'll, I'll miss a full shelf but i'll still be able to put some box sets up there Yes, that would bother me deeply to have my collection all out of sorts like that. Dude, it it's, I mean, it's just a mess right now. But the reason is, is because I have no space. They're just yeah. stacked on top of each other and I have no more shelves. So it's just, it's just a mess. It's horrible. Um, and also my whole plan of watching more than I buy completely failed. Oh, I know. And I knew it would. I'm... <laughs> 
I'm, I'm definitely going to hit my mark of 100. I, I sh- probably can even hit 150 because I think I'm in like the 70s right now, halfway through the year. So uh, that's that. Um, another thing that, that's going on right now is this, uh, pretty much every movie that was supposed to come out this year has got pushed back to next year. Like it's like they haven't pushed Candyman completely to next year, but I guarantee it's coming. Um, you know, they just pushed The Conjuring 3 to next year. Uh, it's it's like really crappy for new movies. Like this year's top ten lists are gonna be garbage. Yeah, I don't even really feel like making one. I mean, it's like like there's movies I like. Look at I I like the good amount of the movies we've reviewed on this show. I feel this year, but I just feel like it's half-hearted almost like okay this is what i'm left with this is what i'll have to settle with type of thing when there should have been so many more so it kind of sucks one of the reasons we started this show this year was to you know because we figured we'd watch you know pretty much one new movie a week for the show and it would keep that would be around 50 you know give or take i know we did one episode without reviewing a movie Mm -hmm. uh give or take you know 50 or so episodes and that that you know but it's like we're struggling to find movies to watch for this in fact you know we picked this one because we couldn't find anything besides we, we were considering relic um but i decided against it because i heard that it deals with dementia and that's something that i'm personally dealing with now not for me obviously but like a family <laughs> member and it's yeah. a little just too close to home for me um i didn't want to be all depressed um so we decided to kind of put that one on the back burner you still watched it and you yeah i'll talk about it about it but that's why we did if anybody's wondering like why would you do this and not <laughs> that movie when it's getting popular reviews well it's because of that um, but yeah, just even finding movies for this is a pain. Um, and like, it wouldn't be as bad if we, if we opened up to streaming mm-hmm. because there, there have been a lot of drops on, on shutter and even, you know, some other places, but it's like, it's, it's like, that's kind of Netflix and chill. And then people have said, why don't you just combine the two shows? And it's like, I don't know. It's like, I like Netflix and chill for like what it, I like, I like it as a streaming thing. You know, I, I wish we could do it more regularly. Honestly, if, if we had unlimited time and if I didn't, wasn't working these crazy shifts, we would do one of each episode a week. Mm-hmm. Um, especially well, like, when we're not doing 22 shots. And to me, it's like, if we combined it, it would obviously this year we don't have theaters or new movies so obviously we're struggling but in years when we do have theaters and new movies coming out all the time it would be too much it would be overwhelming if right we, like, when we first started this movie. we watched there was a new like movie in the theater like almost every single week yeah so we really had tons of um stuff to watch so yeah I, I, maybe if things don't ever change maybe we could do that or whatever but I, I would like to put out more Netflix and chill episodes, um, but you know, it's just time. Basically, it's it's not even time for watching stuff. It's time for recording, because I work horrible shifts now mm-hmm. um, compared to yours. Like I like them, but it really does put a damper on being able to do things. Mm-hmm. Um, because I get off of work like an hour after you went to bed, pretty much. Yeah, it yeah, it definitely sucks. 
and you would think oh it's easy to record two shows a week but it's it would not be right like, like we we struggle to find time to do this like some weeks mm-hmm. um but yeah so that is what i did this week i don't know when i'm gonna put that shelf up um i got the wood for it but i um usually my pap helps me with that i could do it by myself but he's a little weird with me drilling holes in the walls and stuff without him uh so yeah he thinks you're incapable yeah which i'm not i totally could do it um but yeah so anything else um not really i mean i did i was gonna i did stop at dollar tree again with my dad uh he let me in the back room again to kind of look at the movies uh before they were supposed to be put out sometime this week uh and there really wasn't much good they pretty much had a bunch of crappy like multi-packs of like you know 30 spooky paranormal movies that'll keep you up at night but really they're all low budget and horrible that's kind of like the theme that they had going on there uh and i assume all the other dollar trees will probably be getting those types of movies as well but you know, I picked up a few things. They had Jeepers Creepers on DVD. I just grabbed it because I only had it on VHS. And then, uh, what else? I got Mad Max. I got... They had the other Exorcist prequel, so I got that. Is the... it Mad Max, like, the original? Yes. That's the worst one. Oh. In my opinion. Well, I've never seen any of them, so... I mean... I guess you better... Like as well start with the first yeah that's my way of thinking but I just grabbed it for the heck of it but then they add uh, I grabbed like two of those multi-packs just to, just for the you know why not it's a dollar I couldn't help myself and then got some movie called Look Away which someone actually commented telling me that's actually a pretty decent overlooked film and I was surprised because I'd never heard of it so hopefully they are correct and I think I also got that holidays movie that was on netflix which i know was not a great movie at all but i, I liked it it wasn't good i gave it like a six or something yeah but i liked it it was a cool little concept i think kevin smith has a segment in there too yeah i kind of wanted to recheck it out but so i just grabbed those i mean i can't help myself if it's a dollar like i can't i cannot help it and you know my dad's going out of his way to take me in the back and so i'm like why the heck not so but that's kind of the extent i think of what i've done recently yeah, uh, if you're, I, I also got my um, package for the four for forty four Warner Brothers sale as well. Mystery at the Wax Museum, Innocent Blood, The Hunger, and Two on a gu- Guillotine. Guillotine. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you know, I'm, I, I really love that sale, and I have, I, I probably only need like six or seven, maybe eight um, of their horror titles to have everything. Which, it, like, I remember when they were coming out. And they started putting those things on Blu-ray. I was like real bummed because they were so expensive. It, like even like Texas Chainsaw Massacre 3, which was one of the first ones that I really wanted, was like $25 or something for a bare bones Blu-ray. Uh, and now they're definitely more affordable with the 4 for 44 sale, which I think they did that 4 for 44 sale forever, but it was mainly for their DVD titles. Mm. Uh, so yeah, I, I've pretty much used that sale so many times since pretty much every time they have it I at least do one order sometimes two and uh yeah I I love their titles because they're you know ones that are harder to find Mm -hmm. yeah I mean I obviously you and I go in on that sometimes but I feel like I'm kind of 
almost good on what I've gotten from them because I'm not too interested in like those Dracula films or some of those older ones. I just yeah. don't really. I kind of got everything I want. I feel from those guys, but I yeah. think I have like six of them. So that's there, cool. there's a couple more that you'd probably be interested in. Bad Ronald. I have that. <laughs> um, maybe like Don't Be Afraid of the Dark. Oh yeah, I didn't. I, ha- I haven't got that one. Yeah, Here, that's course. a t- that's a TV movie from the seventies. The TV movies are the best. Those are the mm-hmm. funnest ones. Um, but I also really like the the old like the Black Scorpion and stuff like the old monster mo- movies from like the fifties and sixties. Mm. Um, but yeah, I, I uh, pr- pretty exciting to have the, the that little package come in. Um, and yeah, so is that it? That is it. All right, so maybe we should get into what we watched. Maybe we shall. Who do you want to go first? You can go first. All right. I have kind of... I watched kind of a good bit of stuff since That's the last time. That's why I'm letting you go first. I see, I see. Okay, um, well, first up, I... Yeah, I didn't, I didn't talk about this last time because I hadn't watched it last time, I don't believe, and that was The Creature Walks Among Us, and that is... Obviously, the third movie of the Creature from the Black Lagoon series, uh, trilogy. Um, Are you gonna have, this... Do you have a confession to make? Oh, yeah, I have to delete my channel. <laughs> no, um, I... Yeah, okay, so I... This is the movie, JP, in the last episode, he was saying how the creature looks really stupid in part two, and I was like, yeah, he does. And then, in the back of my head, I'm kind of thinking, he really didn't look like that different, I don't think. Maybe a little bit worse. But you were saying that, and then you're like, oh no, it was probably part three. And I was like, oh no, 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 he looked like that in part two. Well, I lied. It is actually part three where he looks different, because part three is where he goes for through a transformation to become an Earthlang. Or a Landlang. A did person. you like that movie? I actually did. <laughs> oh man, like. I just I don't like those sequels. The first one I really like a lot. I don't know. I it could be in Universal Monsters fatigue. <laughs> yeah, because I did watch that like you. like so many of them in in a thirty day period, give or take some change. But yeah, um, you like it? It's not good. Like it's obviously a. St- it's kind of like how it's like the J. It would be like the Jason X of this movie series obviously where they're trying to do something kind of ridiculous and obscure part two i don't mind either like i it's obviously a step down but part three definitely the most step down but i was kind of just interested in what they were doing and i actually thought you know the creature looks weird and all but i found him to be really creepy when they made him almost human-like but not really uh i thought it was really creepy and then just seeing him walk around in like a suit and human clothes something about that was kind of unnerving to me so that's that's what i liked about it um and that one's i think the shortest one it's only like a little bit over an hour not you know less than an hour and 20 minutes or so so i didn't mind it It wasn't too bad but after that i watched basket case three which as per my run through 91 uh you lent me that one on blu-ray i Never really believed you, because I saw Basket Case for the first time in the drive-in with you, and I really loved it, and you kept telling me how the sequels were goofy, and they didn't take themselves seriously, and you didn't care for them too much, and I always thought you were exaggerating, and they were probably just a little bit more off the wall, but now I see that this is just kind of a pure comedy, and 
loses all the atmosphere, really, and any amount of scary or seriousness that the first one has. It was funny because when you said um, Dwayne, that the guy who plays <laughs> Dwayne this time sucks, and I was like, it's the same guy. Yeah, that pretty much says it all. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, what? And I was like, yeah. You're like, he doesn't even look the same. I'm like, well, it is, you know, ten you years. figure 10 years later. And they shot Basket Case 2 and 3 back to back. The first one, the, the first sequel, Best Case 2, is pretty much the same as 3. Like, um, it follows Dwayne and Belial being, or Dwayne being busted out or released from a mental hospital that he spent time in after the first film. And that woman who runs, like, the freak show, uh, you know, picks him up and Belial up, and, and it's pretty much that. And, uh, at the end of part two, though, he goes crazy and attaches Belial to him. So he, like, re-like, sews Belial to him. But then they, they kind of drop that in part three. They show that in part three. So is that, like, a reiteration of part two? Because, I don't know. It was obvious that part three was like a direct sequel to part two, but I was just... Oh, wait, does that happen at the end of part two? Part three? At the beginning of part oh, three, yeah. I'm so they're sure. probably just going over what happened in part two then. Yeah, that's what I was getting from that. Um, so obviously I didn't watch part two because with these 91 movies, there's so many sequels and I'm just too lazy to watch. Uh, I just keep hoping that there's no continuity. But... Yeah, like you're not going to go watch five Howling films before you watch part six. No. Um, it, like... <laughs> And you're not going to watch three prom nights before part four. And you I, I've done it a these. little bit mm-hmm. and it's too hard. Like I, I, it, it annoys me when it's ones like, I don't know when I log them on my letterbox, it bothers me, but I'm just OCD like that. Yeah. It's to me, if it was like Halloween where it was continuing into the next night, then yeah, I would feel like I had to watch definitely go back and watch halloween part one but most of these sequels are just kind of there like they're the fourth or fifth sequel so they're not going to be continuous anyway so but yeah basket case three i honestly didn't care for it too much it wasn't horrible i could it's goofy fun but compared to the first one it's nothing at all like that then after that as per my run through 91 i watched uh trancers two on tubi did you watch trancers one i did not See, that's kind of one where I'd maybe watch the first one. Yeah, I could definitely... <laughs> that was pretty obvious evidence watching this. And honestly, I thought this was going to be one that I would put on and completely lose interest in right away and then end up not even counting it as a watch because I didn't pay attention to it. But I actually was super into this movie and it made me wish I watched part one because they keep doing references that are clearly have to do with part one. But I was entertained by this, you know? I thought it was a solid fun interesting type of movie interesting plot yeah i enjoyed both of them i i was half tempted to watch the third one just because i liked them so much aren't there like six of them yeah um but i hear the first three are the good ones and then the rest suck but i think like based on because you watched that and you watched pit and the pendulum with me a while back um puppet master three did you get to yet yeah i watched that last yeah i reviewed that last show early full moon is pretty good huh yeah, they're not bad. They all definitely have that same exact feel to them, but they're, they're movies. They are movies, and they are pretty entertaining. Like, Pin the Pendulum, I, I enjoyed that. Yeah, I thought it was great. That and, might be a top tenner for me. 
Yeah, I mean, Puppet Master 3, obviously, probably the, mo- the best of the Puppet Masters. Um, it's the best besides that, like, reboot that another company did. But mm. in terms of Full Moon, definitely. Yeah. But, yeah, Transfers 2, I dug it. It made me, like I said, want to check out the sequels and watch the first one. And then, after that, I watched Mad Man from 1981. I did this, we're going to be doing this on Movie versus Movie. This and The Burning coming up on Wednesday this week we're supposed to record that so watch Mad- Madman uh, I'm not gonna lie I love Madman the first time I saw this was also at the drive-in with you my buddy and I was super enthralled by it I think it's because the setting was perfect to watch it late at night and I just think this movie's creepy I think it's a very creepy slasher film and it has a song and it's got that blue hue to it and you know, the characters aren't the best. That's probably its main downfall is they're kind of like these bland. They all look like they're in their 30s or something. They don't even look like young kids or anything like that. But um, but besides that, I mean, the Madman Killer, I think, is very intimidating and spooky. And uh, I just really enjoy this movie. It's one I tend to throw on every summer now and uh, really, really dig it. So that was that. That was um, one that for years, like it wasn't even on DVD yeah that's crazy yeah like that was a title like i used to fall like back in the glory days of youtube like people always used to make videos like top 10 movies that need dvds and then like everybody would do video responses this was blu-ray wasn't even considered really (laughs) (laughs) and madman was like one that you saw pop up a lot because it was like you know slasher film 80s kind of a cool killer um and it just did not have a release now it's on Vinegar Syndrome and Arrow, I believe, which is cool. I have the Vinegar Syndrome Blu-ray, so... So do I. That was one of their early ones, uh, in yeah. terms of horror. That's one of the first Vinegar Syndrome... I, bought, I took advantage... I picked up Mad Man, Graduation Day, and Christmas Evil all in that cell, so... Which was one yeah, of the first ones uh, I got. Those were some but. early ones. It's in a blue case, not a clear one. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that their first horror one was, I want to say it was Christmas Evil. That oh, really? Man. Yeah, but like that, those were like one of the first like five re- horror releases from them cool. on Blu-ray. They released some other stuff on DVD. I mean, they are both solid movies, so... Um, after that, I watched Z, which is a 2020 movie on Shutter that I saw a bunch of people talking about, and I hadn't really been on Shutter or Netflix or anything like that in recent time. I've literally watched nothing besides this movie, um, I don't think, on streaming that's been new, so decided I would check this out. I saw, like, Dave Z talk about it, and then I saw a few other people posting reviews of it, some people saying it was decent, and others saying it was, like, um really good but uh and i will say uh, while i was watching this my mom actually stopped over because she was going to another job and she just needed to chill for a second so she did come over and she was kind of watching it with me and she was like getting into it but kind of uh interfered a little bit with my full attention to it but overall i thought it was um a decent movie if if i am correct i might not be i heard people say this but i think it's the same people who made stillborn which is a really creepy movie from last year two maybe two years ago i think yeah that made your top 10 yeah it was like up there in my top 10 because i thought it was really creepy and reminded me of insidious kind of in a way with its spook factor but 
this movie was creepy too, and um, it had some pretty good jump scares, and um, some of it actually reminded me a little bit of The Babadook in a way. Um, it, it was just one of those cool movies where, you know, a kid, classic kid has imaginary friend, and turns out the imaginary friend might be real or sinister type of plot line. I dug it. I thought it was decent. Um, it wasn't as scary as I was hoping it would be, though, and um, I didn't love how the story went, but it was alright. I would recommend checking it out for sure for some people, but... So that was the... And then after that, I watched The Burning, of course, again from movie versus movie. Uh, the Burning, um, you know, won't say much on that. Uh, I'd only seen this one a few times. Um, this is this one feels, like, out of anything that, like, follows Friday the 13th, this one feels the most Friday the 13th-esque as far as, like, summer slashers or just slashers in general go. Um, I've never really loved this movie, and I don't know what it is exactly, but it is a good slasher, and it does have good gory kills, but there's something about it that I'm always kind of like, I don't know, this isn't one that I really go back to a whole lot, but it is good, so it's, it's a weird movie where I can't really put my finger on it. But that is The Burning. Then of that, I watched Lost in Translation. I did this for Celluloid Dissections, which we recorded the other day, and that should be out soon. Um, this is a, like, drama, comedy, um, good mixture of both, starring Bill Murray and uh, Scarlett Johansson from 2003. Derek picked this one because um, he's actually a big Bill Murray fan, and uh, he said this is one of his favorite movies of all time, actually. Um, and I liked it. I'll just say that again, you know, I'll have that review will be out soon, but I dug it. I thought it was pretty good. It wasn't like over the top goofy or comedy like I was kind of thinking it would be. And, you know, I don't really like Bill Murray too much. So, but it's more of a serious role for him. And it's one of those ones where it's more drama romance with comedy tapered in. So, and it's got some really good underlying stories and uh, stuff about like isolation and seclusion going on for it that I really dug. So after that, I watched, as per my run through 91, Fear in the Dark. This is a documentary that I found from 1991 that I just kind of threw on one night when it was like late at night and I was too tired to really watch a movie, so I just kind of put this on. And it, it was actually pretty good. Um, it was kind of just the basic standard horror documentary where it starts from the beginning times of like you know Nosferatu and they're kind of talking about that and then like Psycho and going on to the slashers and then up to obviously the 90s and they they have a good amount of people talking on there they have John Carpenter, Wes Craven, uh, Dario Argento, um, what's his name, Robert Block, the guy who wrote the Psycho books. Uh, they have a good decent amount of uh, different people putting their two cents in on just uh, what makes you scared, why people love horror. Um, so, you know, I wouldn't say it's anything too special. It's nothing I haven't seen before. All the movies they're talking about are movies everyone knows about, but it, it was a cool one to just kind of throw on and enjoy. I, I never mind watching stuff like that. So. What was it? It was called Fear in the Dark. Hmm. Yeah, I found it. It was actually on YouTube. That was a 91? Yeah. Oh, shit. Yeah. Oh, is uh, that is that the one Jeremy was talking about? I think it might have been. Yeah, I could have sworn one of them was like talking about that in the chat. And that's kind of why I was looking for the documentary and this is what popped up. So I think that's the one. But 
it was decent quality too. Um, but after that, that is when I watched Relic, uh, obviously 2020, and Relic uh, is about this family. Um, there's this grandmother, uh, her daughter, and her granddaughter get a call saying that you know their grandmother has gone missing, and um, so the you know daughter and granddaughter they go go out to her kind of secluded house in this wooded area and they're trying to look for her for a few days and then finally the grandma comes back but she, there's something weird about her and she's not really saying where she's been or giving much detail but other than that she seems normal uh she's you know offering them tea and making dinner and stuff like that so they're kind of suspicious and leery to leave her alone and they're trying to just uh figure out where to go from here and you know see what what's up with her um this was getting pretty good reviews, so I was excited to check it out, and uh, rightfully so. I thought it was really good, uh, really creepy. Um, gives me kind of vibes of The Visit, where you just have like an older person acting weird, especially late at night, is when, you know, in The Visit, that grandma kind of has like the sundowner syndrome, and she's doing all this weird shit late at night, and they're like, what the heck, and then in the morning she's seemingly back to normal. Um, you kind of have the same type of deal going on in this movie. Uh, it's a very atmospheric and dark type of film too. Uh, just kind of was getting under my skin quite a bit. Um, it's also rather sad. So, you know, I could see why JP, I kind of even said like, yeah, you probably shouldn't watch this movie because uh, it does uh, very much coincide with like dementia and just older people kind of becoming a little bit out of it as they get older. But it does have, it's not all about that. Like at the end, there's kind of like this weird thing that occurs and that's honestly where it kind of went down a little bit for me. I'm not sure that I dug what happens at the end and how it all plays out in the third act. Uh, it kind of lost me, kind of for some reason lost like the scary factor to it. Um, maybe it's because it became a little less realistic, I don't really know, but overall though I thought it was, uh, it was good. It was, you know, worth talking about and I could see it being up there for some people on their list at the end of the year, uh, depending on how the year is going. Um, then after that, I watched a 91 movie called, as per my run through 91, a 91 movie called Dra Graveyard Story. Um, yeah, this was uh, listed as like straight up horror on IMDb, but it was more so pretty much completely a mystery film about some dude who like has these envisions this like little girl who um he's like at her grave and uh she like went missing or there's like a mystery behind her and he hires like a private investigator to find out what happened to this girl why she's like in this uh, she was like in an unmarked grave and um just find out what the heck is going on with it uh this movie like bored me almost to actual tears uh and almost asleep. I was just really bored by it and the acting in it I thought was bad. Uh, it has like a lot of decent reviews online surprisingly but I just wasn't into this and it, it honestly was not horror so it was rather deceiving but you know whatever. Um, I was just trying to look for something I had, hadn't seen. Uh, then after that um, I guess I'll well after that is when I watched Evil Dead and Lost Boys, which we will talk about, and uh, Detroit Rock City, which uh, I guess we can also talk about together, because we watch those all on the same night, technically. Yep. Um, and then after that, that's when I watched Batman Begins and The Dark Knight with Austin. Uh, 
two, you know, Batman films. I wasn't sure if I was going to like them, but, you know, I went in kind of open-minded because um, I'd always heard really good things about both of these films. And uh, they're both very long films. They're over two hours long, but they do um, jot by decently. They, you know, there's always something going on. There's always, like, some action or just some something to move the plot along with these types of movies, which I appreciate because it makes it so they don't, feels super long they're not dragging on you're not really bored at times uh batman begins i thought was great you know you got uh christian bale as batman and uh it's more so just like the origin story of him isn't it weird that he played american psycho guy yeah i was saying that because like there's actually scenes in well both this one and the dark knight where he's kind of has to like dress up all like proper and in a suit and go to dinner parties and he looks exactly like he did an American Psycho except with black hair. Um, so yeah, he just shows he's a really good actor because he uh, nails the role as Batman. Um, and uh, like I said, this is more of just him kind of becoming Batman and then uh, you get flashbacks at the beginning of him as a little kid and you know, everyone knows the story of Batman and the tragedy with his parents and all that type of stuff. Um, so yeah, Batman Begins, I thought it was really, really good. Uh, you know, superhero movies, like I said, they're not my favorite, so I wouldn't like rush back to watch this anytime soon, but I would definitely watch it again because I think it's, I could see why people consider it, you know, one of the best superhero movies out there. Um, then, you know, coupled by good old Dark Knights, um, it's crazy, you know, this one, it's not, it's really not focused on Batman at all for the most part this is very much like the joker's story throughout this film and just how he's kind of causing chaos and he's like you know causing harm to people and he wants batman to come forward um and you're not seeing nearly as much as batman but i i like that it feels it, it's crazy to think of this as even a sequel to batman begins because it's just a completely different storyline and i think that was smart of them to make two very differently toned movies because Dark Knight is a lot darker and uh, you know Heath Ledger is fantastic as a Joker it's a shame that he passed away um, especially the way he did um, but he's great uh, all the performances are really good in this movie all the um, just uh, you know actiony sequences and uh, the quotes from the Joker iconic um, very very good film uh, again that one you know jets along very nicely and I, I appreciate how it's more dark in nature um it's hard to even say which one because i thought for sure i would like the dark knight better than batman begins but they're actually both really solid in their own respects they're very different in tone and very different in storyline so it's kind of hard to even compare them but i'd probably give dark knight like a point half a point higher than batman begins and then finally yeah um my... hold on okay, go ahead. i'm sorry but you don't yell at me um what what would you what did you rate the Dark Knight? Um, I think I gave that a nine, and Batman Begins I gave an eight point five. Yeah, to me, Dark Dark Knight is one of the best. One, of, I think it's one of the best movies out there. Like you know, in terms of like if the ten thousand best movies or something, you know, on like the grand scale of all movies. Mm-hmm. Um, Heath Ledger won an Academy Award for his uh, best best supporting actor. Um, which is amazing. Then uh, he, I think he passed away before he even got it. Did he? That's yeah, sad. I know. Um, that damn performance was so good, man. Like just the way he plays, like the, 
The thing about the Joker that's so fascinating to me is just how mysterious he is and how like he he really is like he's just the counter to Batman. Mm-hmm. I don't know, like some of the, like even the way that he talks about like you know how I got these scars. <laughs> you know what I mean? And he tells like two different stories. Mm-hmm. Well, you don't know because he he's just doing it to say stuff. Like, like what is his motive in that movie? He's just whack, right? Like he like, steals all that money and burns it. He's a joker, and That's like, what he is. <laughs> um, I like when they're like, "You think you could just come in here and rip us off?" And he's like, "Yes." <laughs> <laughs> I said he almost. It's weird. He almost reminds me of like Beetlejuice with some of his mannerisms after watching that movie. Hmm. Yeah. Like some oh. of the way he like delivers lines. Yeah. I like when he does the magic pencil trick. Yeah. You should I think you showed me that scene before and I remembered it. And, and he and- does like he just does everything so like yeah, here, see, and then he like <laughs> like he'll yeah. like kill somebody and then just go on talking. Yeah. And even like one one character that I didn't even know was in the movie because I don't think he was in any of the trailers was Two Face. Because mm-hmm. you always hear about the Joker, but Two Face was a really fun the way that played out too. It's really creepy. The effects, the makeup effects on his face are super like disturbing. Yeah, and it's messed up how like that whole thing played out too mm-hmm. with with Batman and the girl and and Two Face and stuff and how he. Like, the cool thing about Batman is, like, all of the villains, except for the Joker, and there have been Joker origin stories and stuff, too. There's different versions. But, like, all of the villains have a reason for them becoming supervillains, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, with Two-Face, he was, like, you know, uh, uh, against crime and stuff, and, and he lost, like, a love, and, and it really messed him up, and, you know... I I I don't know what they did with Scarecrow, but I believe his father was like a douchebag in the comics or something. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they do that in the movie. I forget what his thing was. Yeah, that made right. him that way. Continue. But the yeah, the last one was I actually rewatched the Silence of the Lambs for ninety one. Uh which I need to get an updated version of this because I only own it on VHS, which is unfortunate. Yeah, I can't help you with that. I thought for a second that I had a DVD copy, but I don't. I only have the Blu-ray. Oh, yeah, it's for, it's kind of dumb to have a movie like this only on VHS. Right, but... that's that's a movie that you want on pristine edition. Like if there was a 4K, I would get the 4K. Even yeah. though I get the 4K for like everything anyway, but like <laughs> that is a movie. It's like it that. Like, there's certain movies you don't really want to watch on VHS. That's probably one of them. Yeah, because it definitely hinders the quality. I don't even remember the last time I watched this on not, like, shit quality. Like, (laughs) I feel like I'm always watching it on VHS and any other time it's been just, like, on TV, which was years ago. But, I mean, Silence of the Lambs, you know, what can you really say about that? Uh, It's a great movie, great dark movie. Um, I love the character of Clarice. Um, This is one I grew up like watch it would be on tv and i would see bits and pieces and i remember like my mom it was kind of one of those ones she actually didn't really want me to watch because she thought it was a little disturbing at times and i always remember that part where they go in and that cop's like strung up on top of the you know jail cell 
and he looks like a moth and it's like real like that disturbed me as a kid and um you know just all the stuff with buffalo bill um definitely not stuff you want to see when you are younger uh this is actually i think my aunt this is one of her favorite movies ever so she always had this on tv as well but uh yeah very good movie uh all great buffalo bill um he's such an interesting person uh what's his name ted levine i think he is fantastic actor uh that he has that iconic voice um you know he also plays rusty nails on joyride and uh he played in the hills have eyes remake candy cane Cane. i want to talk to candy cane i want to talk to candy cane i think you know how i can reach her i love joyride my dad used to go around saying candy cane i know it's in like your top three favorite horror films no buddy that was so fake um (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, forget about that. Um, no, Silence of the Lambs, though, uh, you know, classic, classic stuff. I really want to, like, I gotta, I gotta, like, get this on Blu-ray or something and rewatch it one more time before the show, I feel like, because VHS definitely does not cut it, but I would definitely consider this horror. It's definitely um, horror to me. Like, I, I understand the debate for some films, but to me, like, yeah. Silence of the Lambs is, like, I've always thought of it as horror, even when I was a kid. And I can see why not, like, it, because it has a, like, investigative detective. Yeah, well, it's definitely it. some police procedural stuff in there, but I think it's pretty mm-hmm. dark, you know. Yeah, like, it, and it's always been lumped into the horror stuff, like, not, you know, any other movie that's debated, like, Seven, you don't see, like, Seven lumped I don't in understand with, like, why Seven's like, debated, honestly. Yeah, I mean, that one There's is... certain movies that are debated that, I, like... I can't really see. Like, Silence of the Lambs, I could even see more than Seven to me. Really? Like, Seven just feels like a straight horror movie to me. Like, it doesn't feel even close to not horror. Um, the same thing goes with Jaws. Like, that's the one that, like, mm. that's the other one that is debated sometimes. And I'm like, what the heck? It's, uh, of course it's a horror film. Yeah, I. It's because, like, you know, growing up, I never would have thought twice, and then you grow up and see all these people debating about it. It's like, what the heck? But yeah, Silence of the Lambs. That is that is good stuff, and that was, you know, parts of that were filmed kind of around us. So done. That's it. Pretty nifty. Yeah, I am done. That is all my moves. All right. Um. So for me, I don't have quite as many. Yes, you suck. Um. And a lot of them, a couple of them, are double watches. Like, with both me and you. What the hell? What? Alright, so the first thing that I watched, um, not uh, movie-related, is I watched the entire first season of The Wonder Years. Did stop watching seasons. My favorite show of all time, The Wonder Years. Uh, the first season is, a, is awesome, too. All five episodes are great. It's only five episodes in the first season. Um, the very first episode, the pilot, always makes me sad. Um, mm-hmm. It's uh, the one where, um, you know, Kevin is interested in, you know, uh, girls all of a sudden. He kind of has a thing for his neighbor, Winnie Cooper, but he's denying it at first. Um, he gets in, he gets into some trouble in school. He's about to be in trouble. And then his fam, and then they find his family finds out, um, that their neighbor, um, Brian Cooper, Winnie's brother had died in Vietnam. And that is a very powerful moment for a pilot for me because it's so real, you know, 
and, and the, the show was set in the 60s um and I'll, I'll tell you this like I, it's casted great the narration is great i can't believe that the narrator is um the hell's his name um, daniel stern yeah mar from home alone <laughs> it's weird but he does a really good job and i just think that like you know as a whole the show is just perfect to me because it's not traditional in terms of the outcomes of the situations and i've always thought that ever since i was a kid like whenever you see like a situation that the character is dealing with sometimes it plays out differently than whenever whatever like any other tv show would handle it it would always play out like with a happy ending or something like that uh and the pilot is 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 a great episode um and then the second episode is um uh swingers which is is probably the least good episode on that one um it's the one about the sex book remember that one um i don't i'm i don't i don't know what what happens they're getting sex education in school and they feel like they need to know more so they ask kevin's brother wayne and he's like giving them this rundown i feel like they didn't learn anything so they go to get this book called everything you ever wanted to know about sex but was afraid to ask (laughs) they steal it from the library and then the mom catches them with it and she's like i'm not upset that you had it but i'm upset that you would dig through my stuff and it wasn't it wasn't her book so it was (gasps) yeah (laughs) um and then uh the third episode is my father's office and that's a great one too because like it opens up with Kevin um, being a kid and, and the dad and stuff like that. Who uh, the casting is absolutely phenomenal on the show. Jack is great, uh, and the mom Norma uh, is amazing as well. I think she might be the best actress in the show, the best actor in the show. Honestly, like she she kills it. Um, but. Kevin doesn't know what he wants to do in his future, ask his dad um, to go to work with him or whatever, and then he sees his dad as... And I was talking to you about this. Um, when we're kids, we often think our parents are superheroes. Like, we, they never do anything wrong because we don't see the mistakes they make. Um, and it's partially from being sheltered from it, but it's partially from just not having world experience to understand a mistake at the time and there's always like a point in your life when you realize your dad or you know your grandfather your mother whatever isn't a superhero and they are flawed um and that's kind of what that episode's a little bit about um very good um and then angel is probably my favorite episode on the uh first season here the fourth episode where uh kevin's sister is like a straight hippie um and she's like dating this other like progressive um hippie guy and he is kevin doesn't like him um and there's a really good scene where he comes over for dinner and he knows that kevin kevin's dad who is probably you know republican probably very reserved um traditional values and stuff like that uh you know this guy's a vegetarian and you know he's a hippie and um he brings up the thing he's like just like that crap in vietnam or whatever and he or you know and and 
Kevin's dad gets really offended and he's like, you know, that that boy died for his country and stuff. And he's like, are you too chicken? Uh, you're just too chicken. And the dude's like, yeah, you're damn right. I'm chicken. He's like, look, this is my draft notice. Um, I have three choices. I could go to Canada. I can go to jail or I can go to another country and be shot full of holes like your your neighbor Brian uh and he's like you know better you need to start like thinking more clearly or or it's one of these boys next of course talking about Jack's two sons and it's just a very powerful moment you know what I mean it's just very powerful because it makes you think you know on one hand it's it's i understand like fighting for your country and stuff like that but on the other hand it really does seem like census deaths um it's it's very complex and and it for a show to like you know handle that type of stuff to me was like really good um and then um the uh the next episode is the phone call which is the fourth episode and that is one where um Kevin is like wants to ask this girl out, Lisa Brivellini, which is is a very sort of. Um, and I, I'm gonna watch more of this show, and I won't break down every single episode. But I just figured <laughs> since there's only five, uh, it, I love this episode because if you've ever been a kid and you had a crush on a girl, or if you had a crush on a boy, and you, you like when you're first getting into phone calling, which I doubt that's even a thing now. Mm-hmm. You know, it's probably like texting or something. Or yeah. I like am. But when I was a kid, you know, you still called and stuff. And like building up the courage to call a girl was like, it took so much effort. And that's like what the whole episode is. It's him putting it off, putting it off. Um, and uh, he eventually does it because he sees um, a, the space shuttle launch. And it kind of puts in perspective that like, wow, like you could kind of do anything as long as you take a chance or whatever. And that was really good. Uh, and then the final episode dance with me, um, Kevin, uh, is going ask Lisa Berlini to this school dance and he, uh, wants to go with her and she says yes. And then like a popular kid asks her out and she's basically like, I told you yes before this guy asked me, and he, she, he basically, she basically breaks it off with him, and then he decides to ask Winnie, and she said that she would, but she's uh, going with what the hell was his name? I forget his name, but it was like, it was like a really annoying name. I just wanted Chad. To, no, it wasn't Chad. It was like, it was like Ben or something. Uh. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it was uh, you know, and they kind of reconvene at the dance or whatever. It's like the first the second moment of like love between them characters uh, i mean it's such a great first season for only five episodes like i i love every pretty much every episode in this series um and there's so much good music i mean born to be wild is in that episode of course the the opening um there's just so much good music in this series some of the songs have been pulled from the dvd set because they couldn't clear the rights but it's very few most mainly the two notable ones are the doors tracks Mm-hmm. But yeah, so I watched all of that season of The Wonder Years. Cool. So, such a good show. Such a good show. I love that show, man. It's, it's yeah. Like, so amazing. Um, but whenever I watch the next season, I'll kind of just save my thoughts on the season in general. 
because um, there's way more episodes in the next couple seasons. Yes. Uh, okay, movies. Lake Mungo. I actually watched this last week and forgot to mention it. Um, but it is a film. Uh, actually, this is the second time I watched this this year, so I probably have mentioned it on the show before. Um, but it follows uh, a family whose daughter um, winds up dead, and the mystery- mysterious nature of her death, as well as the fact that she might not be dead. Uh, sort of found footage slash mockumentary. Um, it's pretty good, honestly. Like, it, it's very creepy. I think some people think that it's, like, a lot more amazing than than I do. Like, I think Austin gives it, like, a 9 or something like that. Um, but it's good. Have you ever seen it? No, but I've seen a lot of people hype this one up quite a bit. Yeah, it was actually part of the eight films to die for the fourth year. Mm. Um, and I think it's one of the better films. Might be Actually, it might be the best film of that, that season. Um, but it's it's really good. It's just that... You know, I'm not not super high on it. Yeah. Um, it's done really authentic, I'll say that. Uh, then I watched Dazed and Confused, which uh, is your blind spot, so we'll get to that in a moment. Right. Um, and then I watched The Addams Family as part of my run through 91. Um, I actually really liked it, man. It was a lot of fun. Um, you have uh, the Adams family who um, Gomez is missing his long lost brother Fester. Uh, there's like a criminal who decides to pose as Fester because he kind of looks like him and infiltrate the Adams family to kind of get to towards their wealth. Um, it's, it's a pretty fun movie. I like how dark it's actually pretty dark at times. And I feel like mm-hmm. the humor isn't really uh, nerfed that much. I mean, it's never been like our horror, but it's always been kind of dark. Um, so I really like that about it. Uh, very good performances all around. Everybody, everybody's really good. Um, who is the uh, Christopher Lloyd plays Fester? It's very, very good as Fester. Mm-hmm. Um, who's the little girl? Christina Ritchie. Yeah, Christina Ritchie. Was that the girl from Monster? Yep. That's so weird. She also plays Lizzie Borden on that like new. That Lifetime movie, then I think they made a TV show, but yeah, she's from Monster. It is crazy. Yeah. And Monster came out in 2003, so that's like 12 years later. Yeah. And then I watched uh, Thelma and Louise as part of my run through 91. Um, not a horror film, but you know, it, it's uh, you know, it's got some some thriller aspects to it. Um, you ever seen Thelma and Louise? No. It's really good. It's it's a really good movie. My mom, this was her favorite movie, uh, along with Selena when I was a kid. Oh, God, Selena. What? I just remember, like, I hated my Spanish teacher. She was a bitch, and she made us all watch Selena, like, at the end of the year. Selena is a icon. I know, but I just it just correlates with that Spanish class to me, and I'm like, bleh. Uh, Susan Saran- Sarandon and um, Gina Davis in this one. Uh, basically follows uh, two girls who decide to go out. Um, you thought they were lesbians for some reason. I swear they are. No. I not. promise. Um, they decide to go out and she's dancing with this guy, you know, for fun. And um, she goes out to the parking lot and he basically tries to like have sex with her. And she's uh, married and she's like, no. And then he's like in the process of raping her. And, um, Thelma comes out and, or is it Louise? Louise comes out. 
Luis comes out and blasts dude and then they go on a run and you know kill more people and you know I, or do they kill more people I don't even remember if they kill anybody maybe, else maybe I thought that because I've seen people say that monster like reminded me of that or something maybe why yes. Who's, who plays monster no they're just lesbians and monster who you understand yeah. i think that's why i thought who, who plays that lady um oh it's charlie's theron yeah she's she's really good Dude, she looks so just beautiful. like her have you ever seen the real woman what's her name yeah eileen war eileen um warren I, or something it's warm it's like w-o-u-r-m-o-s i don't know how to say it but yeah yeah i watched a documentary about her like last year and yeah, she it, she looks just like her. It's crazy. She even gets like the the diet dialect down. Yeah, she's um, like, and that I, like Charlie sounds so beautiful, and they like she like uglied herself up self up so good for that role. Yeah, I want to rewatch it. I haven't seen that in a very long time. Me either. Since it came out, actually. Um, but yeah, so I, one thing that I will say about Thelma and Louise is like, um, the culture of. Uh, the like me too movement of today i think this film is kind of interesting because like the things that they're saying are like dude nobody like should um i was dancing all over him you know like nobody will ever believe that he was like they'll say i asked for it and stuff and i'm like wow like it's still relevant (laughs) yes yeah so um but yeah uh, but even like more so back then, it seemed even more believable. Mm-hmm. So, um, anyway, after that, uh, as part of my run through 91, I watched The Sect. Uh, Mickey, Michele Suave's The Sect, his fourth and final horror film, of course, uh, most known for his movie Satrite, uh, as well as The Church, which is kind of considered Demons 3, and of course, um, his best film, Cemetery Man. Yes. Um, the Sect is a really awesome movie. Um, it has that song at the beginning that's like, I roam through the desert with a horse with no name. Yes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> starring Kelly Curtis, Jamie Lee's more attractive sister, in my opinion. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's an interesting movie. It, it's very weird because you're like, this is bizarre. It feels very Italian. I mean, it is an Italian film, but it feels like it's an Italian, it feels like phenomena where it's like Italian, but like Americanized a little bit. Mm-hmm. I think it takes place in Germany though. Um, it follows a girl who picks up a homeless guy, takes him back to her house. Um, the homeless guy like finds a secret passage under his house and there's like cult stuff. There's a, there's a really creepy scene where a pelican pecks her neck out Ooh. in like a dream sequence thing. Um, it runs two hours. It's a little bit long, but um, I've seen it twice, and I've I liked it more this time. There's just something about it that I enjoy. Uh, it's it's a it's a it's a really good movie. Uh, I not, dig it. It's not like the only movie she ever played into. Probably. It's weird. That's weird that the that of all things would be her only film. Yeah. But anyway, go on. Uh, as part of my run through '91. Uh, <sighs> Number 37 here, Dollman. Uh, I started watching this a while back, but I didn't finish it, so I restarted it. It's pretty short. Uh, basically, a dude gets sent to Earth, but he's he's like an intergalactic crime fighter type cop deal thing. 
and he goes to i think it's new york or chicago one of the cities uh where it's like overrun with like drug dealers and thugs and he befriends this um spanish chick who's uh you know trying to clean up the streets and he but the only thing is he's 12 inches tall oh i see yeah it, it's funny how they shoot it because like they'll they'll make it look like he's small you know but they're just shooting a regular actor it it, it doesn't really work <laughs> but it's kind of fun it's you know it's full moon whatever it, it's pretty solid it's, it's not as good as the other full moon films in my opinion but um it's not bad yeah i sing a song real quick yeah intergalactic 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 okay thanks dude oh i'm sorry i dropped the ball do you know what song that was trying to be was that beastie boys yeah but i completely lost the beat because you said intergalactic and it got stuck in my head that whole entire time you were talking yeah um then i watched Raging Cajun Redneck Gators, also known as Alligator Alley. Shut up. What? <laughs> it's not also known as something. Yeah. This movie doesn't deserve to be also known as something. Um, I told a story that I had a bunch of movies DVR'd. Um, from what, like, we're going to do it Shark Week this year in August. Um, but back when like sci-fi always does like a shark week especially when the sharknados were like super popular and they'll do all their bad shark movies like over a weekend or something like that and i just i recorded them one day like a bunch of them like i don't know like 20 or so of them and i was like if i ever need to watch these because we planned on doing a shark week on 22 shots before i was like i have all these movies that i could watch um and honestly, like, I have a love-hate relationship with the Sci-Fi Channel because when I was growing up, a lot of my horror, early horror memories came from the Sci-Fi Channel. They used to play, like, a lot of old-school horror films, like, of course, um, you know, like, Wishmaster, a lot of stuff from the 90s and stuff. Mm. But they also made, like, really okay originals, too, that I really liked, um, like their Python and Boa and, you know, some snake movies and some insect movies and stuff and they always tried you know they were bad movies but they tried to make them good and then all of a sudden they realized that people really like them because they're bad so like why don't we just try to make them bad and they started making all these horrible like giant shark to pusses and stuff like that and they just got so like annoying and i stopped watching but I used to watch like all their new like snakehead terror and stuff like I used to watch a lot of their new um, like sci-fi movies, the originals. Mm. And uh, this one was actually not bad, man. I actually kind of enjoyed it. Uh, it follows like these gator hunters and stuff in, in this small town and there's a gator problem with like the, they have like blue tongues and they have like spiky tails and the the kind of twist with it is when they bite someone they start turning into an alligator the cgi is a little you know what you'd expect it's rough but there's some spots (laughs) where it's not so rough too i i really liked it i give it a four out of ten but i really liked it it was much better than i expected um then of course i watched aqua's trash which we'll get to in a moment yeah um, and the rest of the stuff I watched was with you, so 
Okay. So, uh, first up, we watched Detroit Rock City as my 300th film for the year. Um, Jeez, you're like 50 films ahead of me. Nice. Well, I'm at 302 now. I think I'm at like 254 or 56, somewhere around there. Detroit Rock City, I don't know, I was just in the mood for it. And I was over your house and we were going to watch Subspecies and I was like, dude, we should watch a comedy instead. And we popped in Detroit Rock City, and you were very against it, and you hated it. <laughs> no, I didn't. First of all, that's not even how that went. We got home. Well, we were sitting there, and you're like, "I'm gonna, I'm gonna get a move real quick." And you didn't tell me what it was. And then you're like, "Okay, just put the flash drive in the play hair." And I was like, "I don't want to." And you were like, "I will give you a smacking if you don't." And I was like, "Oh, please don't." And then you were like, "Just put it in the play hair." And then I put it in the play hair. And Detroit Rock City came up, and I was like, oh my god, no! I've always thought this movie was so stupid looking. And we watched it, and I liked it. Loved it. Yeah, I thought it was really fun. I don't know, dude. I just thought Detroit Rock City, it always sounded so stupid. Like, like I just, I don't even know what I thought it was. I thought it was just going to be like a Kiss-centered movie that was just actually about the band Kiss, and... I didn't realize it was kind of like an adventure with buddies and it was, you know, these four kids. It reminds me, these are the types of movies I like. It's like, reminds me of like Harold and Kumar or something where you just have a bunch of idiots and their adventure completely goes awry and they end up in all these stupid situations and they just have the worst luck ever. Um, Yeah, I thought this was very funny. I even like, afterwards I asked my mother if she had ever seen this and I was like, I gotta show you it one day. It is funny. Yeah, no, it it is. I've always really liked it. Um, I I mentioned that in my Facebook review that I watched it countless times in my friend's basements. Mm -hmm. Um, And like, yeah, we used to quote it, watch it all the time. It, It was such a good, fun movie. And uh, actually, a lot of people my age was a huge fan of it too. Um, like, and and it's funny because it felt older when I was a kid, but it was only like ten years old when I was watching it, or it was less than it was like less than ten years old, you know, mm-hmm. like two thousand six and stuff. Uh, but it felt older, um, probably because it's set in the seventies, I guess. Yeah, um, yeah, I I enjoyed it. I thought I thought Lynn Shay was great in her role. It was a yep. psychotic mother, and I liked all the kids. Uh, I just like these groups of friends, too, where they're clearly all very good friends, and they'll do anything for their homies. Like, yeah. Bust yeah, them you out. Got, you got Jam. Mm-hmm. You got uh, uh, Bert. <laughs> his, <not, laughs> his name's not Bert. Um, Trip. His name's Trip. Trip. <laughs> but he plays Bert in Cabin Fever. And then, of course, Giuseppe, who plays Winston in, in Cabin Fever. Mm. Um, and yeah, it's, it's, it's really fun and funny. It's, it's ridiculous. It's over the top, like not realistic at all, but really fun. (laughs) Like, but like your favorite, one of your favorite parts was when they're all hype going in the elevator to get their tickets. And then when they're coming back down, it was just like, (laughs) if you like pina colada, (laughs) 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 one one Edward Furlong like comes at the guy all pissed off. Yeah, I just love, they're all hyping the thing, and he's like, which one of you is Trip? And he's like, oh, that's me, I'm the one who called in. <laughs> and they analyze the footage, and they're like calling him an idiot. He's like, what kind of idiot would hang up on free kiss tickets? <laughs> you gotta be a complete moron. 
Yeah. Uh, dude. Yeah, it, it's a great movie. And, you know, it has that, like, spirit of friendship thing going for it. Uh, mm-hmm. I've always been a big fan of, like, that Harold and Kumar, like, adventure so big against the odds type thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, glad you liked it. Yeah, that was- I was actually, after we picked our blind spots, that was one that I thought about afterwards. I was like, damn it, I wish I would have gave you that. So it's yeah, like a bonus blind spot. Because I honestly would have never chosen to watch that in my life. Right. Like not. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so then we watched uh, The Lost Boys and Evil Dead at the drive-in. And of course, uh, both very well-known classic horror films. Uh, I'll say this. It... it as much as I wanted to love the experience, it was hard because it was so hot. It really was. Yeah, it's... Uh, and Ironically, we always kind of complain that it's too cold when we go to the drive-in because a lot... Of, we For a while there, we only went in, like, September and April for our big events, and we'd be miserably freezing if we sat outside and in the car and everything. And then this time, it was just way... It was way too hot. There was kind of a breeze, but not enough to suffice and it was one of those nights where it did not cool down in the night it was still like 80 degrees at 1 a.m so it, it was definitely rough um, yeah i was like my back was so sweaty and like my, my ass was like gross feeling and sweaty yeah like i was just getting claustrophobic in the car too like when i'm hot when i'm hot it just makes it 10 times worse so it definitely wasn't a great experience and that's what sucks about drive-ins is like it's not like a theater where you're guaranteed to have air or heat blowing on you obviously yeah, it's like in a theater you're never really going to be too cold or too hot it's like regulated temperature like outside in the elements it's like could be too cold too hot too rainy too you know um snowy maybe mm-hmm. <laughs> i mean it snows in april sometimes um but the uh you know the lost i enjoyed the lost boys a little bit more Mm-hmm. I think because it came on first, because you know by the second movie we we're kind of miserable feeling. I was gonna say, like I, I was actually kind of bummed. I wish they would have played the Evil Dead first since we already saw the last Lost Boys in the drive-in. But I enjoyed. It's a great movie, so I'm not complaining about that. I'm just upset because Evil Dead is also a really good movie, and it was a first-time watch for us. So it would have been nice first to like time watching the drive-in. yeah, the, yeah. So it would have been cool to see that one first when we were not yeah. as annoyed but I love the Lost Boys though man I just love how like I love every I love everything about it it's like it, it's like a it's almost a 10 for me mm. and yeah, it's it, fun. like I just love the setting I love the story I love the characters I love the the visuals the soundtrack it, it's mm. just perfect it does everything right as a horror film yeah it's a perfect one that's one you could definitely like show a little kid and have them fall in love with it at a young age i feel um i didn't grow up with the lost boys but it's grown on me yeah it's grown on me the past few years uh and i love the you know it's a horror comedy and i I think all the comedy aspects are really solid throughout it's uh really i never noticed it was a horror comedy it's a horror comedy, buddy. No, dude, definitely not. Yeah, it is. <laughs> it's, it's like not... actually, it's actually list, It's a horror. It's listed as a horror comedy, and it's supposed to be funny. Like where? 
the Frog Brothers, the dumb shit they say, like it's supposed that's like comical the way they talk sometimes. Yeah, because, they're, but like, they're, they're experts. But, and... but they don't know that. Dude, the grandpa. Yeah, the, the grandpa. grandpa has like comedic uh, levity. Yeah, but dude, no. Look, okay, this is a serious movie. You think it's a serious yes, movie? Yes, I've I'm always talking. considered it a serious movie. No, I'm trying to give an example. Don't interrupt. I'm saying you think it's serious at the end. Like uh, this is a real serious movie, and the last line of the film is, "Yeah, it's the thing about Santa Carla, all the damn vampires." Yeah, that's so serious. It is. He's being serious. He really means like oh, it, that's yeah, the problem with it. Dude, that's fun. Like, it's a funny thing. Like, it's funny to, like, us, but it's not, like, it's not, a, like, it's, no. I, I refuse to believe that The Lost Boys is a horror comedy. Do you have no sense of, like, this is actually a horror comedy? Like, it's not a debate. It's, I've never found it, like, I find moments funny, but it's not. The Lost Boys is a 1987 American teen horror comedy film. It's not. And then on IMDb, it has horror slash comedy. Just because there's funny, like, Okay, whenever David gives Michael the Chinese food and it's maggots, like, yeah, that's like funny to us, but it's like not supposed to. It's like not a. It's like funny that that happened, but it's not a. It's not a horror dude, fucking comedy, dude. That's not. That's a dumb argument, dude. And comedies, okay, like in Detroit Rock City, are they laughing after every joke they make to like show you it's a comedy? No, what are you it's, trying to dude. Say? I'm telling you, this is not like I refuse to label this as a damn horror comedy. That's crazy. Okay, you could. Okay, dude. <laughs> okay. No way. It is what it is. It's the same way with Return of the Living Dead. Like, I don't think that's a horror comedy either. I just dude, think there's funny you... things in it. It's meant to, like, it's meant to be lighthearted at times, though. Fuck. Like, The Exorcist isn't a horror I comedy. Fuck. You know? No, yeah, like, it's light, like the lighthearted little quirks of humor. There's more in it. Like, do you think House is a horror comedy? Yes. Yes? But you don't think Return of the Living Dead is? I think Return of the Living Dead is like. It's Dude, a, I think House a, is scarier than Return of the Living Dead. Honestly, I don't think that's really one either. Like, there's some funny moments <laughs> in it, but I don't know. Change. Like to me, like a horror comedy is like Zombieland, Shaun of the Dead. Like those are like parody, like self-aware meta-y comedies. Those okay. are like pure satirical, like a horror comedy to me is, there's a difference between like, like you said, Shaun of the Dead, that's meant to be a parody satire on all the zombie movies that came out. And that's like actually what it's, that's like the joke. And then Death there's Gasm. movies that are like horror and then they taper in actual comedy. Deathgasm, what we do in the shadows. What we do in the shadows, that's clearly a satire on like vampire films. The Dead Don't Die. A satire on zombie films. The Babysitter. I didn't like that movie. I barely remember it, but I think it was stupid. <laughs> what are you trying to prove right now? Final Girls. That's a that's like meta crap. Um. Like the, wait, well, so you don't think any like. You're, I think uh, you're... Army of Darkness. Evil think... Dead 2. Like, what are those you, are horror comedies. Why are you naming these off? Are you, okay, these that's these are horror comedies to me. Okay, yeah. Yeah, Evil Dead 2 is a horror comedy. That's a good example. 
Like there's like okay, is Scream a horror comedy? No. Okay, but like there's funny stuff in it, and we laugh at Stu and Randy. Like Daniel put his lever in the mailbox. Yeah, but they're like that's just it's different, dude. That's that's how the Lost Boys is. No, dude, you're wrong. No. Wrong. Night of the Creeps, horror comedy. Dude, okay, like the dinner scene in The Lost Boys, like where they're trying to prove he's a vampire and they're spilling garlic all over him and like showing yeah, him the it's beer funny in his to face. us, but it's not supposed to. It's not like a. Con- it's funny because yeah, they're, they're not, wrong and they're just saying, like fu- the situation's funny. It's like not like a, fuck. Th- I hate horror comedies, dude. And scream like yeah, Stu's like liver a lot. Like yeah, okay, that's a minor. That's him just like. Busting balls with his buddies, like that's yeah, and not, it's just them but, busting balls on that guy. But they're by not putting like garlic on him. <laughs> no, dude, like Sue's not there with a pile of garlic, dumping it on. Some, you know what I mean? It's like no not goofy comedy. Like this is goofier. Comedy. Is it a horror comedy? The original it? Yeah. No. Okay, well, there's all kind of funny stuff in that. Is there? Yeah, like when Pennywise is all like. Like, for, like making all that noise on top of the thing. That's not meant to be funny. Nothing he does. He's a clown. Clowns are like funny but creepy. Like that's their thing. Like that's not a work. That that was dumb, dude. Okay, is Friday the Thirteenth Part Six a horror comedy? No. Okay, well, I rest my case. I am right. You are wrong. Let's move on. No, you're just... I don't even think there was an argument. I think you just named a bunch of movies and, like, confused me or something. I don't think anything happened there just now. No, I'm right. (laughs) We will will allow the audience to decide. All right. So, um, then we watched The Evil Dead, which is my favorite Evil Dead. The -hmm. very first one. Uh, Evil Dead is... It really is such a great horror film, which Evil Dead and Sam Raimi are kind of known for their horror comedies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I think this movie's super creepy. I mean, the effects on the characters when they're all demonized is scary as heck. You know what I noticed watching it this time at the drive-in? What? How damn loud the movie is! Yeah, it's yeah. just nonstop noise like laughing and screaming and giggling it's just crazy and then even like outside with the like a spirit running towards you it seems like loud music's playing then just the whole thing yeah you are correct with it's that. just so loud like everybody's making noise and screaming and just like all these noises <laughs> yeah it's like crazy but um I, I I I love it. I love it in a way, man. Evil Dead is a great horror film. Yeah, and I've only seen Evil Dead 2 and Army of Darkness once, and I never even really care. Maybe Evil Dead 2, but I really don't ever feel like rewatching those two, honestly. See, I really do love Evil Dead 2 as well, but in comparison to the first one, I love the first one more. Yeah, like... I don't know. I almost hate how when you think of Evil Dead, like, people think... I feel like people think of the funny aspects, but the first movie is actually a really good horror film. But Evil Dead's never been one of my favorites, though, either. It's not one that I 
jump dive on but uh i think it's a really solid film i rate it pretty high because it's it's a scary movie it's a creep cabin in the woods type of movie and uh not a very not a super high budget or anything like that it's just kind of there but they did a great job with everything and um it's simple creepy. but very effective and it still holds up with the creepiness yeah super creepy all right um so yeah let's uh move on here to your blind spot oh yes so my blind spot was dazed and confused from 1993 i believe and yes. you are right i need to stop talking to you about the movies before we record because i feel like we reviewed the entire movie in our phone call i know you call on her he calls and harasses me he's like what did you think and i'm like i don't know and he's like how did you think and i'm like i don't know and you're like where did you think okay but um yeah i mean dazed and confused uh which you did not want to watch i did not i always thought this movie uh, kind of like detroit rock city i always thought it looked stupid and uh or sounded stupid dazed and confused i thought it was just like a stoner type of movie and it's mainly because anytime people talk about it it's always just that matthew mcconaughey scenes that's all i know about this that's literally the only you thought thing the whole I movie know. was gonna be matthew mcconaughey standing outside of a bar like picking I, up girls i literally did yeah i did dude <laughs> like people actually people always think like oh my god that's so great but they actually ruined the film like perception for me because i'm thinking that's what it's gonna be and to me that's not that fun it's like completely overdone for one thing any part he was in i'm like okay i've seen this scene like referenced a million times to where it's kind of like when you see a trailer a million times you already know the lines word for word but uh yeah the movie's obviously not about that at all uh there's not really a it's kind of just a plot of a bunch of teenagers on the last day of school looking to party and they're supposed to be a big party but it gets canceled due to the parents finding out about it so then most of the film is them kind of driving around or just hanging out on the streets or something drinking beer and um kind of you know looking for a final destination or not and their main goal is just to like get drunk and hang out and smoke weed and stuff like that so and there's not really a main main character i get you can kind of argue like the little the younger uh, mitch kid he's kind of one of the main ones and then you have those two uh i think football players they are uh they're kind of like the main people that you're following a lot of the time but for the most part it's car to car and event to event showing all these people and i really dug it um it just made me want to like go out and have a fun time myself and i think the it's made in 93 and i think they capture the whole aesthetic i think it's supposed to be like the summer of 79 perhaps or something it's like the late 70s mm-hmm. that this is taking place and um i think they capture that very well that whole vibe it actually feels this feels like an 80s movie uh or late 70s movie to me um and I told you, it kind of reminds me of something like Fast Times at Ridgemont High, where it's just uh, you're following people's lives through high school or through Yeah, this is much better events. than that movie, but I get what you're saying. I actually, Fast Times at Ridgemont High is one of my favorites, like, 80s teen I've always thought it was a little overrated, personally. Oh, I loved it growing up. I thought it was so funny. Him ordering that pizza in class. It was great. <laughs> it's so funny. They're like, like the it's not movie. that funny. I love it. You have to watch it again, I think. I swear. But, um, um, 
yeah, I dug this movie and I would definitely watch it again. And it's got an amazing soundtrack as well. Sweet and then the when the party ends at the end of the day and Tuesday's gone by Leonard Skinner plays, I'm like, that's actually really sad. Yeah. Yeah, I love so much stuff about this one because it really did like like it feels bigger than any like single night I've had in my, you know, teen partying years, obviously, because it's a movie, but it still captures different aspects of nights. It's like it takes if like all of like it takes like all the highlights of your like year of you know your childhood of of drinking and partying and going to parties and hanging out with friends and stuff and it you know stretches it into one night like it, it just mm. that's what it feels like to me but um it's so it, there's so much aspects of this that are, is relatable to me like um the mitch kid like hanging out with like the older kids because you know that was kind of me at a time too um one i used to like i was the older kid at one point that had a bunch of younger friends who like hung out with me but then at one point i was the young like ninth grader who was hanging out with like seniors yeah and it was because my one of my best friends his brother was a senior and was you know part of like the party crew you know all the you know he actually had most of the parties at his house so i was always like invited by proxy and uh you know eventually i actually became just friends with all those guys too but at first i was just like cool to tag along Mm. and you know that that uh you know pressure and then you have like the other kid who's like just like like is a loser like those three like loser kids but there's the one that like really like is like annoyed that he's a loser and just wants to experience life a little bit mm-hmm. he's the one that gets into the fight <laughs> <laughs> that part's really funny yeah yeah and i told you the story of like i knew a guy who like was got bullied by like this older kid when we were kids and like all these adults would just be like go up to him and punch him one good time and he'll leave you alone forever and he did <laughs> and then he got his ass whooped um but yeah there's there's just so much to like about this movie so many good iconic lines you know be a lo- you'd be a lot cooler if you did <laughs> you know i don't have a good matthew mcconaughey but um yes they do i love the like um the hazing which was really big in like the early days i told you we had a little bit of that but mm-hmm. um yeah traditions and and stuff like that I just like the simpler time too, right? There's no cell phones. Nobody's calling each other. They're just, you know, seeing each other like, oh, maybe I'll see you later, you know, or like they're at a hamburger spot and then they're at this pool place and then they're, you know, driving around and there's this one's going with that one and this one's like they're intermingling, you know, it just feels fun. It just feels like a very vibrant, alive uh, teen life in that town. And I've always kind of wanted that. And we had it a little bit when I was in high school. Like, I I really did. I am fortunate because I got to experience a lot of stuff. Like, I remember, like, nights where, um, like, my friend Andy um, and my friend Justin, they were older. They would come pick us up. And then we would go to, like, separate parties and then go to a, a... uh, meet up at a third party or something it was just like really fun and like th- like we would be at a party and like we're we'd be like we're about to get out of here and then somebody would be like oh where are you going we're going over here it's like oh can i ride with you guys or whatever and it, it did have that feeling but mm-hmm. um i did a, I, I actually we had a lot of good you know partying 
times in in my high school like it i think i'm very fortunate because i i thought that was just normal but then i've talked to like you and a lot of other people that i uh, didn't go to my high school and they didn't really have the same experience even a couple of classes under me didn't really have the same experience so i'm very i feel very fortunate that i had i had a lot of fun in my teen years um but yeah um i give it a 10 yeah um so basically you're saying my teen years sucked you said that buddy not me i did yes no i do one more last thing it's like i kind of I watch these movies and I get envious of I wish I grew up in a time without like the cell phones and all that and just because it was just all about hanging out. This movie reminds me of stories my mom would tell me about her being in high school so you know it's like very much real where you just drove around and like drank and just had like beers in your back seat and yeah was, we did that oh well like even in even in the you know two, mid 2000s late 2000s like like we did drive around drinking which was not smart obviously but you know we did (laughs) um like we even got pulled over before and and the cops let us go Mm. um and we got pulled over and they didn't let us go (laughs) and i got an underage drinking charge um i almost had two i almost had three really (laughs) um but yeah so you know i i think that it's very realistic you know how they play that especially with the 70s but that stuff did die down a lot when you know i was in in high school too but like i did get to experience the non-cell phone life too because i got a cell phone when i was in ninth grade um like my first like real cell phone like i had like track phones and stuff that i would just use all the minutes and like two days and then never use again yeah but like i had a i had like a bill phone and uh i had it for like a year and um i lost it at a party and then it was basically it was a chocolate you remember those yeah those were huge those were like the thing to have back in like right yeah middle middle school for me yeah it was a pretty good phone it was like the second version Mm-hmm. Um, and I lost it and then I didn't get another one. Eventually I didn't get a phone. And then I got another cell phone when I was in like 12th grade. Um, but I didn't have a phone through like most of high school. And in fact, most of my, there was one of my friends, like my, my core five friends who actually had a cell phone. Like we didn't really d- do a lot of like cell phoning, but like other kids did have them more, mm-hmm. but like just for whatever reason, none of us really did. Um, yeah, see, now it's like you can't just be that one guy without a cell phone because then you're just not included in anything nowadays. Right, yeah. Because no one's going to call you up because they're like, oh, that guy doesn't have a phone. But yeah, I actually gave this a 10 as well. Oh, really? I did, yes. So you gave that a 10. Yes. You gave speed a 9. I gave that an 8.5. An 8.5? Yes. I'm in the lead by a lot. No, that's not what we're playing this game yeah all right where are we picking your move yes okay you ready yes all right uh 13 left i'm gonna randomize now for my next week's um blind spot Mm -hmm. and it is the room (laughs) 2003 (laughs) damn it buddy i need you it's so funny oh 
I just feel like there's like four funny scenes and the rest is downtime. The entire movie is funny. <laughs> it's the worst movie ever made, dude. It's so funny. All right. Um, so that is my blind spot. Let's move into our featured review and get out of here. So it is Aqua Trash. Yes. AKA Aqua Slash. But yeah. appropriately named Aqua Slash because that does rhyme with trash, which is what this movie is. So go ahead and give this synopsis. Okay. Well, <laughs> the synopsis is. Thrills, chills, and screwball comedy meets tiny bikinis and gore dismemberment in this chlorine and blood-drenched murder mystery. So that's not at all a synopsis. Um, but I, what this movie, what, it's about like a bunch of kids who are, they're the class of 2018. It feels like it's a summer camp movie, but it's set at a water park. Yeah, they're like... They just graduated, I believe, and they're celebrating by, like, staying at this water park. And um, there's also this band that's going to be performing at the water park. They're like a... But, oh, yeah, the band was a throwback 80s band. So this movie's set in the present, but, like, the band was like, yeah, we're like an 80s band called The Blades. Wait, and... I think I might use my skip on the room. Why? Because I don't want to watch it. Dude, what are you doing? We're past that portion of our show, dude. You can't... That's unprofessional. We're not going back. You can't skip these now. Damn it. No skippy dippies. Why can't I get E.T. instead? I forgot I put E.T. on there. What, you want E.T.? Seems better dude, than oh. my cousin Trashy and the Polar X Trash and the Wedding okay. Trasher <laughs> and my Trash That's... Sister and Monty Trash... <laughs> on in the holy trash and the crying trash and blood trash and the hand that rocks the trash <laughs> and taxi trash oh my god dude are you d- was that the whole list are you done are you done uh the po- boy in the stripe trash <laughs> okay so you're you panic skip- trash <laughs> You want to skip them all is what I'm hearing. Most of them. Okay, dude, it's a, this was hard, okay? I had to go buy movies that Andrew Schmoyer happens to like my list better than yours. What? Well, that makes sense, actually. That's It's Andrew I mean, Schmoyer. I, I, I mean, I said that too, but but I respect it. Thank you, Andrew. Um, when did he see our lists? Austin said that they listened to our episode, our last episode the other day. But anyway, you're not skipping. I am sorry. Anyway, back to Aqua Trash. What were we saying? Trash. Tra- yeah, okay, yes. Aqua Trash. Um, yeah, okay, so this... Uh, there's... I don't know. They're just at this place, and then there's, like, a bunch of different characters, and there's, like, a bunch of drama going on between all the characters, and... But you don't really remember whose drama is what drama and why so-and-so is divorcing so-and-so and why so-and-so is cheating on so-and-so because there's too many characters and there's no real character development between any of them. That's kind of the plot up until the end. Dude, this movie sucked. It like the like I, what I said on my Facebook thing is I said it takes a concept for a good kill in a slasher movie. And it expands upon it into an entire movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> really, we're there for one reason, and that's to see people put knives or blades in the slide tunnels of a water slide. 
Yeah, and you're waiting for that the entire film. They even keep showing, like, once the blades are in there, they keep showing, like, dun-dun-dun, they have, like, the water going down the side, like, wait, it's coming, guys, it's coming, just, just keep watching, you just gotta watch till the end, I swear. It's like, only an I, hour and 11 minutes, but it's, like, a painful hour and 11 minutes. I wanted it to be, like, that, be, like, 30 minutes of the movie is, like, people getting jacked in water slides. <laughs> um, that's what, the, yeah, that's what I thought it was going to be. Right. And, honestly, like, the plot is, like, so paper thin and boring, and I don't even remember who the killer is. Do you? <laughs> no. What? Oh, it's, this is, okay, so this is the anniversary of a killing that happened like 35 years ago um yeah because i remember the one guy being like it's the anniversary and i said i bet that guy's the killer was he the killer don't spoil i can't spoil because i actually don't even remember either who the killer ends up being (laughs) oh really (laughs) yeah legit i don't know i don't even think I, the guy you're talking about, I'm pretty sure that's not him. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he he gets fucked up. <laughs> yeah, unless he was the killer and he gets fucked up in his own thing. No, but that, no, say he wasn't. You can't say two F-words. Did I say two? No, I said one and then you said a second. Yeah, I'm pretty sure you said like 20 in the last half <laughs> and I just let it slide. But, um... Um, no, but, it, like, dude... I couldn't pay I couldn't like pay attention to who was who. I'm like, wait, which one was that again? Like what there's some boobs in there which are nice, there's some nice butts in there, some bikinis, but even that is like a little underwhelming. And yeah, and then it all leads up to like one kill. And it was good. I enjoyed it. It was that part was really fun. Yeah, it was it was great. It was funny, it was ridiculous, it was bloody. There's just like so much blood. It actually um, looked alright. There's some CG with it, but it looked all right. Yeah, much better than I thought it would. Yeah. And uh, the one thing that was, like, I pointed out, it was so stupid. So they stick the blades in, they crisscross them, like, one end, and then they pull back a little bit, and then the other end, because obviously you couldn't put two blades through each other. But when they're showing the blades, they're two blades through each other. (laughs) Makes no sense. Complete fail. Yeah. I mean, aesthetically, it's more pleasing, but it just doesn't make sense, plot-wise. I thought this movie, go- I thought it was going to be someone, like, put knives all through every water slide, and the whole movie was going to be people going down water slides that had, like, knives and razor blades and needles in them or something. That's what we were all hoping for. It is, but that is not what we got. Um, I can't recommend this movie. I can recommend the final scene, that final act, though, because it is priceless. So, yeah, I don't really have much to say about this one. I thought it was pretty garbage. Um, I gave it a three and a half out of ten. I was a little less generous. I just gave it a three. Wow. I, it's just like the uh, it's hard because yeah, that last part's entertaining, but there to me there's no plot. It's there not was even nothing. That last part, it's like one part towards the end. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Because then. There's even, it even kind of ends boringly where it doesn't end on that part, but yeah, three out of 10 for me. Not that good. Not good at all. Actually sucks. Yeah. Trayish. Trayish. Awful trayish. All right. So we don't know what we're going to do next week yet, but. Except uh, for our letterbox reviews. Oh yeah. You're right. We do that before our ratings, buddy. You gotta I forgot because you always forget until after the ratings. So now I think it goes after the ratings. 
let we're very unprofessional. You need to step it up. I do not. I reminded you before the show about this. All right, this one's from Karen Wren. Um, Karen Wren, this is the positive review. Give me a minute here. Uh, Karen Wren, her favorite films are Mr. Nobody, Handmaiden, Spirited Away, and Mulholland Drive. She recently reviewed Donnie Darko, The Beach House, Hellraiser 2. Mm. She gave them all favorable reviews. Uh, this one says, join these high school grads at their celebratory party in the water park. The film takes its time with setting up the relationships, showing us who's on whose side and casting suspicion on various characters as to who may be guilty of the expected bloodbath to come. It was intentionally made bad in an 80s style that the crowd just had to laugh. The climactic scenes are really top-notch and will definitely make anyone react strongly whether it's cringing screaming or laughing four stars out of five yeah not sure i agree with that but (laughs) yeah to each their own harrison cuthbertson is giving us our uh negative review and he his favorite films are rear window mad max fury road the munchurian candidate and Agabra, the Wrath of God. Uh, recently reviewed The Vast of the Night with a five star, Aqua Slash, Return of Jafar with a one and a half star, and The Descent Part 2 with a two and a half star. So, Aqua Slash, he says, Aqua Slash tries to be a throwback to gory days of 1980s slasher flicks. But it's such a monumental failure in just about every regard that it doesn't even measure up to the worst the genre has to offer. It's sold as a pretty simple premise. What if someone put saw blades in a slide of a water park? Obviously, this doesn't really work as the main plot or why or way to kill the teens scattered throughout your movie. But as a big bloody final, I can see it working. Plus, it's a good way to get people talking. If there are more first-person kills a la Friday the 13th to keep the audience preoccupied until the big final, maybe this could have worked. Well, worked is maybe the wrong word here. It probably would be downright awful, but more entertaining at least. Oh, and if anyone tells you the movie is worth it for the last 20 minutes, aka Carly, I'd maybe temper my expectations where where I you most of the people wadding through bloody water in slow motion (laughs) that did happen at the end (laughs) um that was a pretty perfect review yeah uh i agree with everything he said if there had been a slasher element before the big bloody final where people were getting picked off here and there it Mm would have worked much better maybe worked is the wrong word but it definitely would have been more entertaining i 100 percent agree with that statement could have said it better myself yes um yeah so those are and he gave that a half star nice um so yeah that is it for the show kind of a little longer one over two hours on this baby uh we'll see you guys next time thanks for listening peace out Why have you forsaken me? Why have you forsaken me? Do I sound like Serge Dakaya?
Oh, dude, can you hear me okay? Yeah. Okay. I can. So it is fixed. Well, usually I can hear you okay at the beginning. No, it is fixed. Why have you forsaken? Oh, wake up! <laughs> wake up! Go brush your hair, put on a little makeup. Why'd you leave the keys up on the table? You wanted, you wanted to. to. Here you go. You wanted to. You wanted to. Do you ever see the karaoke of those two, like, like 40-year-olds doing karaoke to the song? It's, like, horrible. It's so funny. No. They do karaoke videos on YouTube. The name was, like, Bob and Deb or something like that. No, but anyway. I've seen the music video where it's like, Wake up! For sure, I put on a little makeup. Why'd you leave the kids up on the table? <laughs> the kids? I always thought it was the kids. I mean, I it, it makes sense. Like, how would they get down? That is something that you would ask. Like, why would you do that? Yeah, and it's like you wanted to because you're a shitty parent. I always thought that's why yeah. I always pictured like a like scumbag mom with like a cigarette in her hand, in just leave my self righteous suicide. The most loneliest day of my life. That's my favorite one. Which one's that? The loneliest day. He's like, such a lonely day should be banned. It's a day that I can't stand. What's the one that's like, with the tablecloth? Everybody's going to party. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. Everybody's going to sing it. Party, have a real good time. Dun, 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 dun. Smoking up the sun, sunshine. Something about the sunshine. Wake up. Brush your hair, all makeup. Here you go, creating. That's what he's like. What about? Wait, which one's chop suey? That's that's the one that's like trust in my self righteous suicide. Oh, yeah. that was Angels always- deserve to die. <laughs> Father, father. <laughs> yeah.